Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. Filling in for Zanetta Adams, this is Jennifer Lamb, the Strategic Outreach Manager for the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency. Today, we're going to talk about the National Vietnam War Veterans Day. This also marks the 50th anniversary commemoration of the Vietnam War. Our guests today are Jack Devine from the Vietnam Veterans of America and two Vietnam veterans who are here to talk about what their service means to them, Barry Walters and Gary Patinsky. Stick around, it's going to be a really great show today. Welcome back. Today's show, we'll talk a bit about Vietnam Veterans Day. The Vietnam War and those who served in this war hold a really special place in my heart. Like many people, the Vietnam War was a constant part of my life. The war spanned 20 years, which meant that a number of people involved in the war is over 2.7 million Americans. My father served in the Navy during Vietnam, as did the fathers of most to the people that I knew growing up and most of my friends. When I joined the United States Marine Corps, my dad was actually the person who drove me to MEPS that day and dropped me off at boot camp. Until the war in Afghanistan, when we spoke of the war, it was often referring to the Vietnam War and the people who served in that. Many of the initiatives to welcome home veterans and to thank veterans for their service was also developed to ensure that we as a society did not fail to ever recognize the service that our young men and women provided for this country. I have found that the Vietnam veterans really have come together to ensure that the currently serving service members and our veterans are never forgotten. A great deal of the advocacy that I personally benefited from over the years was because of the work of the Vietnam veterans, looking out for who fell in their footsteps. I served in the Marine Corps for about 10 years but have sometimes struggled with being identified as a veteran, especially at military and veteran events. And I have found over the years that my unexpected allies are some of the people you're going to hear from on this call today. Um, it's the Vietnam veterans who really are striving to make sure that all of us are recognized for their service. Today, we're gonna have a few people on the show to talk about the National Vietnam War Veterans Day. This year marks the fifth year of this recognition event. Uh, it happens on March 29th year, this year. Um, we're gonna talk about what Vietnam War Veterans Day means to these veterans who served and to the nearly 200,000 Vietnam veterans that are still living in Michigan today. A quick note for our listeners, today's show is not intended to create stress or to trigger any of our listeners. If you are concerned about this, or if you find yourself in distress throughout the show, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255. Veterans can press one. And this confidential support line is available 24 seven to any of these veterans. Let's talk a little bit about veterans of all eras, 
but especially Vietnam veterans, they have many benefits and services that they're entitled to through their service. Veterans of all eras, but especially Vietnam veterans, have many benefits and services that they're entitled to throughout their service. If you are a Vietnam veteran who believes you are subjected to exposure, such as Agent Orange, to include those who are serving offshore through the Blue Water Navy Vietnam Veterans Act, you might benefit from speaking with a veteran service officer to help connect you to these benefits. As always, a veteran service officer is a no charge service offered to all veterans. If you're trying to locate a VSO to help you understand your benefits, you can call the Michigan Veteran Resource Service Center at 800 MishVet. That's 800-642-4838. I'm also going to encourage anybody out there who's listening to share your story through the Veterans History Project. This Veterans History Project is located at the Library of Congress. Veterans can call in, share their stories, and have it documented, recorded, and preserved for future generations. Today, we're going to talk to a couple of people to hear about what their stories are. But every veteran that exists and every veteran in the state of Michigan has a story that's worthy of being recorded and being shared for future generations. If you'd like to share your story through the Veterans History Project, you can go to loc.gov slash vets that's loc.gov slash vets and you can find the link to be able to share your story in michigan there are over 200,000 living vietnam veterans i say living because that number is diminishing and it's really important for me that these vietnam veterans have their stories held shared and remembered today on this radio show, we're going to talk a little bit about how to ask somebody about their service, how to ask them questions and what those questions mean to that veteran. For many veterans, it's really important to share their stories. And I'm sure that there's somebody in your family, maybe in your neighborhood, but definitely in your community who has a story similar to the ones that we're going to hear today, who's just waiting for the right person to ask them the right questions to be able to share it. If there's a Vietnam veteran in your community, again, March 29th is Vietnam War Veterans Day. Go ahead and ask that person what their service means to them. Or at the least, please thank them for their service and welcome them home. Something that all of us deserve to do for every Vietnam veteran, whether they're in Michigan or beyond. For today's show, we'll have a couple of really great guests. And as I mentioned, a couple of my great friends. Don't go away. When we return, we'll begin our conversation with Jack Devine. Jack is from the Vietnam Veterans of America. He also is one of the starting advocates for the Michigan Veteran Trust Fund, a way to help veterans connect to resources and grants for emergent needs. Don't go away when we'll return. We'll begin our conversation with Jack and we'll talk a little bit about what Vietnam War Veterans Day means to him.
Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. I am your guest host, Jennifer Lamb, Strategic Outreach Manager of the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency. And please join me in welcoming our first guest of the show, Jack Devine. Jack served in the United States Air Force from 1965 to 1969. He's one of the founding members of the Vietnam Veterans of America, Chapter 9 out of Detroit. And he has worked as an advocate for all veterans in Michigan for quite some time. Welcome to the show, Jack. Thank you very much, Jennifer. Before we start off talking about the VVA, tell me a little bit about your experiences, if you don't mind. How did you end up in the Air Force, Jack? Well, uh, I graduated from high school in 1965, and I didn't have any path to go to college. So I looked at what was happening around me and loved airplanes and went to a recruiter. And strangely enough, I was the only guy in my basic training flight that the recruiter had not lied to me. He told me the straight stuff. And I went in thinking I could maybe work in intelligence and they tested me for language. But then at the end of basic training, I ended up getting orders to be a motion picture editor with a photographic squadron in Florida. Oh, wow. That's um, quite a shift from what you first went into for the service. And my fellow Vietnam veterans have told me over and over again that had I been drafted, in fact, my draft card came, uh, the notice came not to report, but my draft card classifying me as 1A came the day before I enlisted in September of 65. So they all figure I would have been drafted. I would have been, uh, I think it's called 14 Bravo Infantry. And because I was five foot six and could run 100 yards in 10 point, well, yeah, 10.1 seconds, I probably would have been a tunnel rat. I'm glad, I'm glad I went in the Air Force. I'm glad you went in the Air Force, too. It sounds like it worked out really well for you. I ended up um, in Florida, Vietnam, and, and Thailand beyond basic training. So I do want to ask, the Vietnam War really has been a part of America's fabric since the early, the mid-50s, since 1955. And yet it's only been as recent as about five years ago that we started recognizing Vietnam War Veterans Day. Can you tell me a little bit about what this day means for you? Oh, yes. It, well, first of all, it means that for the 8.6 of us, 8.6 million uh, that served during the era, um, we finally have some appreciation and understanding of, of how difficult it was for us to serve at that time. Um, we knew what was going on back in the country. We knew what was going on in the war. And most of us didn't like it at all but we uh, had taken our oath and we did our job to the best we could. Um, so after working on all, most of our issues over the years, having a day that just simply uh, asked people to, to say thank you or to acknowledge that um, we are, are veterans, but we're also citizens and that we care about our country deeply. You know, I find that a lot of people struggle with saying thank you or struggle with um, even broaching the topic because they don't really know what to say next. They don't know how to say thank you and then express their meaning behind it. What would you tell somebody if they were struggling to to thank somebody for what they did for us um, I, in the Vietnam conflict? I would suggest that um, after they say thank you for your service, ask, ask the veteran, how did you feel when you were in and how do you feel now? Uh, because it's not about what you did, it's about how you felt um, while you were in. 
um, you know, the people knew some people who were killed during the war. Uh, the first, uh, in my squadron, there were 11 cameramen killed and the squadrons in Vietnam. And I knew the first two. Um, that, was, that was very, and I think of them a lot. Uh, Bob Saucier and uh, Daryl Winters. So, you know, asking people about how they felt and who they served with is, is probably better than saying, what did you do? I like that. That's some great advice. You actually probably um, touched a lot of people with this, with some of the advocacy that you do. And I know that you've been connected with the Vietnam Veterans of America and that organization for um, longer than I've been around, Jack. Tell me a little bit about what VVA, the Vietnam Veterans of America, does for veterans um, in Michigan and maybe even federally. Sure. Well, I, I joined the chapter in October of 1980, and so I've been a member for quite some time. Um, the things we've done at the national level that I think are most significant and of which I'm most proud is our promotion of, and recognition of disabilities from Agent Orange and treatment and recognition of PTSD. Those were not accepted when we started. The second thing, and perhaps the most long-term benefit is that we, we fought the fight to get the US Court of Veterans Appeals, which is be outside of the VA and helps veterans and their families tremendously. The third thing is a very unusual thing that most people have never heard about. And that is the Veterans Initiative Program that VVA started in the early 90s. We were always working on the POW MIA issue. And in the early 90s, uh, we organized a trip where uh, John McCain, John Kerry, um, Dana Rehrbacher, and a bunch of others actually met because we had been in contact with, with Vietnam a long time. And the Vietnamese asked a very poignant question. You know, we are, they said, we understand why you want to know what happened to your missing. Have you ever thought about ours? So we started the Veterans Initiative Program right after that. And we have taken back information which comes from those who served and who were in battle and killed the enemy, um, where they buried them so that the Vietnamese can find them. And, and to this point, I figure we've given them information on more than 20,000. Whether they, they can only, they only seem to be finding about 15 to 20% when we give them a site. Sometimes they find more, um, but it's a, incredible thing that I don't think's ever happened before. And there are over 300,000 uh, North Vietnamese, VC, and NBA missing from the war. So I'm very proud. And then I, I led uh, five delegations back to Vietnam to take information back. Then on, as far as Michigan goes, I think the most important thing that uh, myself and others in VBA helped to accomplish was to get the constitutional amendment so that the Michigan Veterans Trust Fund would not be rated continuously. When I was a director, I learned, well, deputy director and then director, I learned that since 1946, we're talking now the mid 90s, the fund had only been whole for five years because every time it got whole, the legislature would take it and then pay it back at an average. Now I know that the $50 million started in 1946 is because of that constitutional amendment now is up to over 73 million. So that means that the trust fund can help more veterans and families than they were ever able to do before. And I, I wanna see us grow that fund even more. And then the last thing in Michigan is a bunch of my fellow Vietnam vets, I wasn't on the commission, uh, Barry Walters, I know you're gonna be talking with him, he was, was the building of the Michigan Vietnam Monument, which stands downtown 
near the the, the, the Hall of Justice. I was going to call it Supreme Court. But Downtown Hall. Lansing. Yeah, absolutely. Those are those are I think five or six key things that because I've been involved in DVA with the people who are, have joined and committed themselves to do things to help veterans and their families that I'm, I'm most proud. You know, I'll highly encourage people, Jack, if you are a Vietnam veteran and you are listening to this and you are not connected with your VVA, it is a really great opportunity to find about find out about advocacy and ways to really pull together. Um, I really appreciate you coming and joining us today, Jack. It's been really great to share this information about both the Vietnam War veterans and Vietnam Veterans of America. Up next is going to be Barry Walters. He's a Vietnam veteran, and he is also a strong advocate for veterans across the state of Michigan. Thank you so much, Jack, for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for doing this. So before we go, Jack, can you share with us a little bit about how any listeners might be able to connect with the Vietnam Veterans of America? Sure. VDA is part of the Michigan Veterans Coalition with the American Legion, VFW, and DA. And you can reach any of us at 1-800-MICH-VET. We do a lot of really good work for families and and veterans, um, both with their claims and then helping them with other services, especially with the MVAA. So that's the best way to go. You can also go to the VVA.org to get to the Vietnam Veterans of America national site, which can lead you back to the state of Michigan. True, and it'll tell you about events we're having at the national level. Our 40th anniversary is coming up. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, 
Now, your host, director of the MVAA, Sonetta Adams. Welcome back. This is Jennifer Lamb, today's guest host of The Veterans Perspective. Our next guest is Barry Walters. Barry is an accredited veterans service officer who has been helping Michigan veterans connect to resources since he returned from the war in Vietnam. Barry, I know the story about how you ended up in the army, but I don't really want to steal that. I also know that you eventually followed a path through a lot of service. I was hoping you could share that story with our listeners today. How did you end up in the army, sir? Well, uh, I graduated from high school in uh, June of 1965 and enrolled in Central Michigan University uh, with the idea that I wanted to be a teacher and a writer in the uh, legacy of uh, James Oliver Kerwood, who was from my hometown of Owasso. And um, uh, went to Central Michigan for a year. Uh, while I was there, I uh, majored in uh, uh, bourbon and brunettes. Eventually, I changed that to blondes. But uh, what it got me was a, uh, a loss of my student deferment. And in May of uh, 1966, I got a polite letter from Central Michigan that said, uh, uh, we have recorded your change of status to the local draft board. And uh, in June, I got a letter from the draft board. And in July, I uh, raised my right hand. And before I knew it, uh, I was off to uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky. I think your story is um, what a lot of young men of the time had, where it was the decisions you made really changed your entire outcome. Surely was. Uh, when I got drafted, uh, there was about 36 of us from Shiawassee County that all got drafted on the same day. And I'm sure that my story uh, is pretty much reminiscent of a, a lot of those uh, guys uh, um, uh, that I, I went in with and served with. So you had very little time between when um, the university wasn't working out for you, when you actually got pulled into service and when you actually were in country. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, after I completed training, I uh, uh, tried to become a helicopter pilot uh, in the, the Army Warrant Officer Training Program. Um, I had a history of childhood asthma and I made a bad decision one day to fly when I shouldn't and uh, pop both of my eardrums and was uh, subsequently disqualified from continuing in the flight program. And uh, in August of 1967, uh, found my uh, place on a seat in a Continental Airlines jet to uh, Vietnam. And uh, that started uh, that journey. And then after um, you were out of country, you continued to serve in the army for quite some time in artillery, is that right? Well, I, I served uh, 47 months in Vietnam. I re-enlisted and, and continued to uh, serve in Vietnam. Uh, came home from Vietnam in July of 1971 and served at Fort Lewis, Washington, and then Fort Sill, Oklahoma, before I uh, got out in February of 1974. 
So, you know, when you're talking about some of these days, Barry, there's a few of these dates that I overlap, but not very many. And yet it's as recent as five years ago that we started recognizing Vietnam War Veterans Day. What does this day mean to you? Well, there's a lot of personal uh, connection uh, to Vietnam Veterans Day. Be, um, I, I think like all Vietnam veterans, um, the day we came home, the, the day we got there, events that, that happened while we were there all have a, um, uh, a importance to us. Um, but uh, the recognition of Vietnam Veterans Day is March the 29th, the day that combat troops were officially withdrawn from Vietnam. Um, Personally, I have a lot of mixed emotions about that. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a day to be proud that, you know, we, we were called and we went and we did our service. But it was a, many of us look at it as a job unfinished. Um, yeah. Between March of 1973, when the combat troops were withdrawn in April of 1975, when the fall of Saigon, um, that that was a terrible time for the Vietnam, uh, for the Vietnamese people. And a lot of Vietnam veterans look back at that as just a, a job not done the way we wanted it to be, you know. Um, and I know with the recent conflicts that America has been involved in and then disengaged from the Vietnam veterans have been the real allies for the young men and women who share similar um, feelings about the not quite being done with the mission with it not quite being done on paper. Absolutely. You know, there, there's uh, from the trauma of service, whether you're World War Two or Korea or uh, uh, Gulf War, or the most recent uh, uh, events in Iraq and Afghanistan, we, we all share something with our service. And you, you're never the same. When you, after that, whether it be one day or one year, or you were in for the duration, does, you, you share that camaraderie of service that you, you can't take away. And those that served in, in Vietnam that were exposed to Agent Orange, as an example, we, we went through some horrendous times with the, the VA before that was recognized. And, and we're really glad that the VA is listening to us as it relates to some of the toxic exposures that our Gulf War veterans have experienced. And, and the, the VA, while we want them to do more, we believe they should be doing more, is stepping up and, and doing what I think uh, within uh, the medical evidence is, is trying to do the right thing. Uh, sometimes we wish it could be a little quicker. Um, and, and I think it, eventually it'll get there. But um, I, I think our Vietnam veterans have been a voice in support of that cause, uh, as well as uh, 
TBI and PTSD and some of the other signature disabilities and problems associated with Gulf War and Iraq and Afghanistan uh, veterans that, you know, Vietnam veterans uh, uh, have really stood up and said, you need to listen. You need to listen because it's real. You know, I have long believed that the advocacy that the Vietnam veterans have done have really made the footsteps of everybody in their path much lighter and much easier to go down a similar road. And so, you know, I continuously try from, from my generation of service to feel and to thank and to be a part of the Vietnam veterans for all that you have done to make my life easier. I think that that is something that makes you a, an invaluable advocate for veterans all across the state, but really for me as well, Barry. So I really appreciate everything that you have done as a Vietnam veteran for us. Well, I appreciate that. It's been a personal journey for me to be of service and continue to be of service. Uh, but uh, I, I appreciate your, your comments. Thank you. Thank you so much, Barry. I um, both appreciate you as the veteran that you are and as the friend that you've become. Thanks for being on Veterans. For the listeners out there, don't go away. When we come back, we'll be talking to Gary Potensky. Gary is also a Vietnam veteran and also a dear friend of mine. We'll see you in a few. Welcome back. This is Jennifer Lamb, Strategic Outreach Manager of the Michigan Veteran Affairs Agency, and guest host of the Veterans Perspective. Our next guest is Gary Putensky. Gary is an accredited veteran service officer in Michigan. He is an active member of the Marine Corps League, the American Legion, and Vietnam Veterans of America, as well as his local VFW. He's been helping Michigan veterans connect to resources for over 35 years. Gary and listed in the United States Marine Corps on July 16, 1968. And he was sent to Vietnam not much later in 1969, where he served through November 17, 1969. Gary was promoted to sergeant in 18 months of service. And after his time in Vietnam, he continued to serve for two and a half years on embassy security duty throughout Europe until he left the service on December 23, 1972. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. The thing that I find most interesting is how precise your dates are. You knew exactly when you enlisted in the Marine Corps, exactly when you were in theater, um, and exactly when you left the service. These dates sound like they're pretty important to you. Um, what, if you can share a little bit with me, what does your service, and especially your service as a Vietnam veteran, mean to you? Well, that was probably one of the best parts of my life. Uh, I did not have the uh, run-ins with the people back in the States like a lot of them did. Uh, coming back from Vietnam, 
I went to Lejeune. They said, you're going to play war games. I said, no, I'm not. I just got done playing it for real. And uh, I went to the career officer and said, how do I get out of here? And he says, well, we got security school starting up. And you got to submit six more months of active duty. And I says, where do I sign? He says, now remember, if you don't make security school, you still got to serve that extra six months. And I said, I'm not worried. So uh, I went to security school in Arlington, Virginia. Got to go to 8th and I and watch the silent drill team. Uh, that was quite amazing. And then I went to Europe and I spent two and a half years touring Europe. I worked uh, behind the Iron Curtain in Romania. Uh, they were rebuilding the roof and I was part of the team that had to watch and make sure they didn't put any listening devices there. <laughs> and then from there, uh, I was on the salt talks. Uh, I would basically uh, show Marine there. We stood at the entrance and just as the delegates came in and out, we were there just for shows. And, but uh, that was interesting. Got a nice, uh, well, you know, recommendation yeah, yeah, <laughs> for that. Yeah, sometimes I get tongue tied, can't help it. But happens uh, to all of us. <laughs> Let me ask you, Gary. So, the, the other date that I really kind of want to talk to you about is March 29th. So, it was five years ago that March 29th was established as Vietnam Veterans Day. This has been a long time since you were out of theater. What does it mean to you to have a day that's designated specifically to, to honor and recognize Vietnam veterans? Well, I think what it is is for the time for the country to make up for the way they treated us, to uh, show some appreciation. Uh, I have a lot of friends that still don't want to admit they're Vietnam veterans just because of the type of action. I mean, I come back from uh, the Marine Corps and I was, went to work for a company and one of the older uh, gentlemen there who was a Korean veteran made a comment. It says, well, you know, he's, he uses drugs. You know, he's a Vietnam veteran. Well, me and him had a little discussion over that right at the time because you know, they were categorized as all in one category. So now that they can give us a day where they can look out and see where we've gone, what we've done, the businesses we run, what we've retired from, you know, been a lot of successful with uh, Vietnam veterans. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things that some of the listeners have heard me say with each of the people on the show today is that the Vietnam veterans uh, were not treated the way that we would want to treat veterans when they were returning home. And what I have seen time and time again is the Vietnam veterans becoming the advocates for everybody that follows in their footstep. And so I know that some of the things that you and your colleagues and all of the service members you served with have really fought hard so that my journey was a little bit lighter. And I think that that's an important part of the advocacy that the Vietnam veterans bring to all veterans 
uh, whether in the state of Michigan or across the world? Well, if you look at the Vietnam veterans, it took them until the 80s before they acknowledged Agent Orange caused any problems. Uh, Absolutely. And even to the problem that they didn't even recognize PTSD until after, until later on after the Vietnam War, when it was in every war. But what we've done is with the protests and the carry that we did, uh, the new soldiers coming back from Iraq and the Gulf War, they're getting the presumptive conditions quicker. I mean, they just come out with a whole new list of cancers for the uh, veterans who were in the uh, Gulf War in the burn pits. Now, that's a for lot those faster. listeners that don't know, let's just share a little bit about presumptive conditions. This is when a service member is exposed to a situation or even a element that we know has some harm that can be um, that that can happen to that service member. And so this is a way to get them connected to benefits and services and hopefully care faster than having to adjudicate and fight nonstop for that. I'm sorry. Sometimes I just, I've been doing this 35 years. I drop into my 35 years speak. I actually <laughs> think you taught that me people that. don't understand me. But <laughs> so, uh, you've done a good job on presumptions. You know, basically it's something that happened in service that the government has acknowledged caused the problem that you have now. It's very simple, but uh, we're running across a lot of veterans that, uh, from Vietnam that have, say, prostate cancer. And they've had it 10 years ago and just realizing now that it can be service-connected because they don't belong to an organization. They don't read. It's not put in the newspapers. You know, it's still not headline news. Uh, it might get back where the comics used to be, but uh, I haven't read a newspaper in so long. I don't know if they have <laughs> comics in them now or not. <laughs> Gary, before we let time get away from us, you mentioned something I want to go back to. Some veterans didn't like to tell people that they were Vietnam veterans. So if you were to give some, some pointers to any of the listeners out there, how could somebody thank a veteran for their service or thank them for all that they did for our country without causing harm to that veteran? Well, the easiest way is just to come up and thank them and shake their hand and say, you know, welcome home. You know, we're, we weren't there. A lot of the, the people that protested, are they're up in their 70s now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's, it's the younger generation. Well, Gary, yeah. let me be the person that says, I really do appreciate you for everything that you did. And I do wish that people would have said welcome home to you. But all I can say to you is how much I appreciate you and all the work that you've done for me, for the 35 years worth of veterans that you've served year after year after year. Thank you so much for being on Veterans Perspective and telling us a little bit about your story today, Gary. My pleasure. I enjoyed it very much, Jennifer. Thank you. Well, thank you to all of today's guests, Jack Devine, Barry Walters, and Gary Potensky. 
Vietnam War veterans who have used their service to advocate for veterans everywhere. If you or someone you love is trying to connect with services based on your military service or somebody else's military service in your family, please call us at 800 MISFET. That's 800 642 4838.